Alrighty, everybody. Welcome to episode number five. There was my cheesy guitar lick for your intro there. This time we are using the guitar that's been hanging up in the background of every single video so far. The Frankenstrat. This thing is a 2011 Fender replica. Obviously, this is not Eddie Van Halen's real guitar. I'm not a millionaire. That said, it is an EVH brand. This is as official as they get. And it's awesome, man. We're not going to do that stuff, but you know exactly what you want to play every time you look at one of these. It's just, it's, how can you not, man? At my work, we've sold seven or eight now, I think. This was actually the last guitar I bought before I worked at Long McQuaid. So there we go. I paid full price. Yay. This one I have finished off a little bit with the bicycle reflectors, of course. But, um, oh, I've also lit it on fire a couple times, so the headstock's nice and burnt, and we did that at work, and we did that at home, and we've done that many a time. And I'm going to keep lighting on fire, because we're, we're on our way to the, uh, the real look, you know? This has become pretty much my only whammy bar guitar. I have uh, an old Charvel that I keep, like, considering selling because I got such a good deal on it, and I don't play it very much. It's an old 1986 Model 3 or Model 6. Model 6. 1988 Model 6. Sorry, it always takes me a second to remember which is what in that one. And it's a great guitar, but I don't know. Don't use it that much, dude. But it does that thing where there's, you know, a magic pickup combo in it that nothing else I own has, which is like a single coil, single coil humbucker. But it even has a mid boost in it. I don't know. It's got all kinds of fancy little things. Oh, I forgot an echo. There you go. There's always more delay to be had. And you can make sounds with a whammy bar, man. Like, shit like that. I can't do that with a Les Paul, as much as I love them. But, yeah. I got this guitar right before I had a massive dental surgery. So I uh, recovered by laying in bed and playing Van Halen licks on said guitar. It was a nice way to recover. And uh, it was a shitty summer. But what can you do? That was back in 2021. We are flying all the way through to 2023 now. Good Lord. 2022, 2021, 2020. That's one blur of time that I wish not to repeat. I think many of us are in that camp. But uh, we got through. Yay. 
Let's talk a little bit more about Van Halen before I move on to anything else, because how can you not? The first time I ever heard Van Halen that I remember, I was like, oh, I would have been in grade three, maybe, something like that, two or three, you know, real, no, probably one or two, we're talking tiny. Anyways, I remember being in the car, driving to school, I, at one point, I had a parent who was living out in White Rock, and I went to school in Abbotsford, which is like 45 minutes away, so there was a bit of a drive in the morning, and uh, if you know anything about Van Halen 1, the album, it's mixed in kind of a weird way. Where there's like all the guitar on one side and all of the, not, not all the vocals on the other side, but there's all the guitars only in one speaker, let's put it that way. And the other side is all reverb of the guitar. So where I was sat in the car in the back of it, I was next to one speaker only. And I'm pretty sure it was the guitar speaker. Which I'm pretty sure was the left side, if, if memory is serving me correct. And, uh, yeah. When you have just the guitar of the Van Halen 1 album playing in your ear at, you know, 6 or 7 in the morning, at the age of 5 or 6 or 7, it makes an impression, man. There's no better soundtrack to that I could ask for. I, yeah, I can't do it. I really want to just play Eruption, but um, it is a copywritten piece of music. So we're just going to not play Eruption. Okay. What sound are we using? Let me show you. This time around, we are running the Axe Effects. There's the laptop doing the goopy goop crazy delay like always. But then I have this Vintage Eddie patch. And then there's my GP100 doing all that crazy delay. There's your Van Halen half. It's just, uh, what is it, regular kind of 6160, so that's, you know, what that stands for. So this is more of a PV sound. It says Vintage Eddie, but I guess it's a little more modern than you'd expect. The big thing is having the pitch shifter in there, which is splitting it into a stereo where we have like an 8 cent up and an 8 cent down thing. And then those are going into their own echoes, which are giving it a nice wide sound. Here, we'll... Mute the GP for a second and just give you the axe effects. Right, that's the Eddie Van Halen style echo. And then I just throw that big one on top, because why not? And then we have all the gooey stuff when I crank up my foot pedal. Anyways, enough nerding out about guitar tone. It may have only been a minute, but that's a minute too long. Again, I am doing my best here now that we're on episode 5 to actually plan some content to talk about. So there's a few less minutes of... Uh, but Kevin's behind the computer right now. And the rule is always, if Kevin comes on the desk, she takes over. Right? Like, that's just... 
Hey, kitten. Are you gonna are you gonna come on camera? Hello. Over here. I'll pet you. Her new favorite spot has been right behind my iMac. And by that I mean I will be working on stuff and the screen will spin slightly. And that's how I know she's behind there. Because she's getting a little bit bigger than I think she thinks she is. Okay, you're going to hide up there. That's fine. Be a gargoyle. Kevin playing guitar over all this shreddy music which reminds me of doing like high school talent shows where this was actually usually my grand finale which was just talking shit while doing a tapping bit or oh no I had a what was the it was like a sweepy arpeggio was usually I haven't done that since high school of that noise for now. Hear what it did to the echo? Ugh, it's not even music, it's just wankery. Total and utter wankery. Ah, oh, we already talked about the XFX. That was one of the things I was going to bring up. But what I've been doing with the XFX lately is get to... Okay, we're going to turn down that goo for a while until it gets better. Ugh. What I've been doing with my XFX lately is not using my amplifier because I have the Mesa Boogie set up behind me there and it's amazing. Oh, sorry, it's on that side. I have it with the Captor X so I can use it silently in an apartment setting without getting evicted or anything crazy like that. Nobody's angry at me. And it sounds great. That said, it's currently like 35 in the middle of the day out here. So I have an air conditioner. And if I run the air conditioner and the amplifier, it, it will blow a breaker. So I have committed to just using my Axe Effects for the guitars on this record. No regrets, not one letter, man. Sounds amazing. Some of the solos, I've turned off the air conditioner and cranked on the amp for a second. Just because why not? I know it's a great sounding amp. I want to put it on my record. But you don't have to have an amplifier, you know? What have I done with it? In the past day, I've recorded guitar... Not day, past week, sorry. 
uh, guitars for five songs. Yeah, and I finished bass finally. I had finished bass for all of the songs in standard tuning, and then all of the songs in open C. And then there was one song in standard tuning that I actually wanted to use a friend's bass guitar, so I was waiting to borrow it from him. But I finally went and grabbed it, and I recorded that last night. Actually, let's show you that guitar. Why not? We're not going to plug it in because it's a bass and it won't sound the same. Then, Actually, here, we'll plug it into all the goo. Why not? It's one of these. The Bettel, the Beetle, the Paul McCartney, the... You know the dealio. What is this? A Hofner designed in Germany 500 M? No, no. HCT-501. It's cool. I'm not going to plug it in because I don't have a bass sound set up right now, but sounds like the Beatles. You know what that sounds like, don't you? Actually, here, I think I... Actually, no. I was going to try to pull up an iPhone video, but I should probably actually... Make sure that works before I do it live. And I know the podcast isn't live, but it's um, it's not going to fucking get recorded twice. Let's put it that way. What a moment to go blue. Anyways, what I mean is podcasts are one takes. Hey, Kev, you want the air conditioner again? Let's turn on the air conditioner. Back to your reg- regularly scheduled Van Halening. Now the goo should be a little less uh, terrible. Yeah, it's in key. It's when you do all that diminished, you know. It doesn't make for as good of ambience, let's call it. Come on, no. What else is on the list to talk about in this episode? I finally did the bass. Uh, That's a big one. It took so damn long. By that, I mean like a month and a half. I, I've been working on this whole like do a record a year plan this year. It's going kind of well. I started it in June. or So that's, that's a, you know, not a full year. But I do plan to have it done by the end of December, and we're on schedule to do that. So the guitars need to be done this month, and we're, you know, about halfway through. I need to retune everything now. So I tuned my Evertune guitars, which I have two. I uh, frame a Stormbender with like humbuckers for that, you know, heavy metal sound. And the Stratic- Fender Mexican Stratocaster with an Evertune modified into it for single coily things. So I tuned them both up to standard tuning, and now I'm going to tune them both down to open C as well as the acoustic guitar and, you know, whatever else I feel like playing solos on. Sometimes it's even Frankenstein. I doubt this will do a open C guitar solo on the album just because I really don't feel like putting a Floyd Rose in open C. If you hear any whammy bar on those songs, it's probably going to be this guitar, but just still tuned in standard. Recording the uh, guitars, though, has been a time, because we do have the air show going on, so that's another reason for using the Axe Effects. I don't use a microphone with uh, my amplifier, so the jets flying around wouldn't make too much noise, but 
Man, they still rumble the house every once in a while. That's uh, it's a whole time. We'll talk more about the Archer later. But first up, the bass guitar that I just showed you is owned by a music teacher that I work with named Chris Savage. And he played a bunch of awesome strings for me on uh, Sunday there. No, sorry, Thursday. Today's Sunday. Jeez, I'm turned around. On Thursday, I went over to his place, and uh, we didn't have the air show sound just yet to worry about, so that wasn't too much of a problem. But I went there in the middle of the day and found out that his roof was being redone. So we were in the basement, which, you know, is the best-case scenario for that anyways. But he also has a very young baby, like under a year old or just over a year. I can't remember. So Vienna was uh, making a little bit of noise here and there. Oh, Kevin, that's the edge, hon. You are so going to fall if you try to lay there. There you go. Move it in. Cat gives me anxiety, man. But he played a violin on uh, three... How many songs did we get done? We tracked three. And it was funny. I had them prepped three very different ways. The first song I had... What did we do? The first song up was Long Day. Long Day, I had a, a very small string section that was basically just a couple chords, so I told him the chords and he played some stuff. That went pretty smooth. And then uh, another song called Shine Those Eyes was the second one up. And I really like that song. It's, it's really pretty. But I had nothing really prepared for him to play. So I just had a guitar and an amplifier and would play a line and we would write it down and, you know, try it out. And it took forever. And I think I frustrated the crap out of him. But, hey, it sounds really good now, Chris. We did it. Go team, Chris and Rick. Anyways, and then the third song up, actually, the way I had it prepared and mixed out, uh, spat out sheet music. Like, in Logic, I had done synthetic strings. But I had separated them into parts, and when you do that, the sheet music becomes legible, apparently, and I, I don't know, I can't read it. But he can. So I have prepared now three more songs for this Thursday that are all sheet musicked and, and ready to go. So it should fly through. We're only going to put strings on, I guess, six songs or so. Maybe seven or eight if he feels improv -y, but I've got plans for three more. And I think it'll be a really cool texture. Uh, doing it on all the songs would be a little much for this project and this sound I'm going for. But for the ones that we've done them on so far, it's a flavor that I am absolutely loving. So, yeah, go Team Crescent Rick. And Vienna, his baby Vienna. We don't have any of her recorded screaming in the background, so that's a good thing. But I do wish we had maybe a moment of Mop! after a take that I could throw in, because it's hilarious when it happens sometimes. Every once in a while she's in key, too. Usually she's a B. So maybe we'll have to retract Long Day or something in B and poke her with a stick so she makes noise. I don't know. This podcast does not condone child violence. Anyways, moving on. Oh, yeah, I should talk about how we recorded the stuff, I guess. I brought the Apollo Twin X, so just a tiny little two-channel audio interface. Laptop, some microphones, that's all you need. And then a guitar and some stuff to play. But anyways, to record them, we used a WA-14. So that's the warm audio 414 copy thing up close for them or, you know, above the violin. And then I used a, a Apex Tube 460 way back in his kitchen for like an ambient, just sort of different flavor. I don't know. I put it in the kitchen and the kitchen had a little bit too much wind noise from his like AC or something. 
So I actually shoved it in the corner by his door. And that was still far enough away from us that it gave it a different pattern. And that microphone has all kinds of options. So that turned out really neat. I ended up using it in the mix to just like make a fake room. So I took all of his takes with the far microphone and panned them all around and then put a little bit of a wet, not a little bit, an entirely wet, small reverb on it and then delay and whatnot. And that's the, the sauce to make the uh, strings sound huge and affected. And then his close microphone is just a perfect violin, so you don't have to do anything to it. That guy can play. I made him play quarter notes. No, quarter notes. They're all whole notes, basically. Just the most boring, like... That was most of his parts. And I'm not sorry, because they sound beautiful, but uh, I think he could have fallen asleep at any point during my uh, music. But hey, that's a good sign that this one's not heavy metal, guys. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But the last record was not that heavy metal, but it definitely was hard rock. Like, lots of distortion, lots of, uh, you know, crunch-a-crunch. So this time I decided not to do so much crunch-a-crunch. There's still a couple songs that have some big... You know, heavy metal guitar sounds and no real crazy riffs around. No, you know... Nothing crazy on guitar. It's an album full of songs. Sorry to disappoint, but that's what music is sometimes. A disappointment. Like that improv section. <laughs> okay, back to the air show for a second, because it has been so fucking loud, man. It's not a problem, because even when I walk home, I have, like, headphones on, so... All is good. Yesterday, I was trying to get my key in the door, though, right when the, I think it's the F-18, it's always the F-18, went over with just like... <laughs> so that'll just wipe out an earlobe, basically. Earlobe, eardrum, I should say, at any moment. They're the coolest thing ever. We actually, <laughs> at work, we had a bass horn. I think that's what it's called. Not like a really big one but a low one and it fell off the wall because a massive ass plane a cf8 no what was that one the globe master thing i googled it basically a massive troop transport that can do a thousand kilometers an hour flew by probably at 300 feet like that's what happens at the air show we're right by the airport tiny town big air show crazy display and, uh, yeah, it vibrated a trumpet, or a bass horn, off the wall. Put a massive dent in it, so that was cool. Nothing in my house has broken. So, shout out to Rick for knowing he lives in Abbotsford his whole life. I've never actually suffered damage from the air show with my stuff. That said, I used to work at a catering company. And that catering company catered the air show every year. That was like one of our big events. There was, you know, Christmas time, 
couple big like Scottish haggis dinners for like Robbie Burns. That was a crazy time. And the air show. That was, you know, these are the go moments. And I got hurt at the air show every year. One year, what was the first one? The first year wasn't that bad. I fell out of a semi-truck. So we had semi-truck trailers converted into freezers, you know, for all the produce and whatnot. And then we had ramps essentially built up to them out of like, what was it, pallets? Yeah, there was, there was the actual gate thing you could take up. And then we also had another one that just had pallets. <laughs> this is probably not work safe. So the, I was going into the pallet one to get potato salad. This is on Sunday. It was usually on the last day. Yeah, it was Sunday. Because that's when you had to go to you know, the last freezer, the last back of everything, you know. And I went to get potato salad. It was this massive bucket. Like 30 pounds, maybe. I don't know. Like it, a good it, amount of potato salad that feeds 80 to 100 people. This is catering. And I took the, the long way down with the pallets and the lot turned into the short way and I wrapped my ankle around something and just face planted in the potato salad so it had saran wrap over the top of it like five or six layers so we still use the potato salad I didn't puncture it but yeah it hurt my face man I just like huh. the next year I didn't hurt myself at the air show I was helping pack up we had made it through so I'm doing trips now to and from the airport to our kitchen to run back all the dishes, all the everything, the ev everything. We, you know, we built kitchens out on the airfield. So when it was over, we had to unbuild those kitchens. We had rental ovens and rental dishwashers, but every pot, pan, utensil, napkin, you know, every extra thing. If there was a fruit cup at the end, it had to go back to the kitchen. So as we're doing all those, I was doing a run by myself, unpacked my truck, finish up, get back in the truck. I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot to close the bay door. So I undo the chain, let the bay door fall, and I'm like, ah. At the last second, I remember my chef told me to not let the bay door fall because it you know, drops in, puts a crease in it, and it looks ugly. And I was like, ah, shit. So I put my foot under it to catch it from the back. So when I put my foot under it just drove my toes directly into the ground and I broke at least three of the toes on my left foot and then had to drive back to the airport with a manual transmission and <laughs> I remember there was a nurse that worked with us uh, she worked at Fraser Health I, I think she was a receptionist or a something she may have just worked outside the building she washed dishes with us and uh, I came back, I was like, I broke my toes, guys. This is awful. I'm limping around. I'm like, I think I need to leave. We're almost done anyways, but like, I'm out, guys. I hurt myself again. And she's like, let me look, let me look. And she's looking at my foot, and it's all swollen up, and it hurts really bad. She's like, well, you know, are they, can you bend it? And I'm like, oh, tiny little bit. Like, it's, I don't want to. This all hurts. I broke my toes. And she's like, well, did you hear it break? And I was like, yes. I heard a crunch. I've done this before. She's like, well, then I guess you broke them. I was like, thanks, Teps. Really glad you're medically trained. And then I drove home. And then for four to six weeks, I tried not to drive, but every once in a while you had to go places. And all I had was that manual Ford Ranger. 
and I had to learn how to, like, at the stoplight, obviously, you need a clutch. So you'd put it in first. I tried to use my heel or something, you know, survive. But then as soon as I was going, no clutch. First, second, third, fourth. Like, just, you, you don't need it. You can rev match a manual transmission. And that's how I learned to do that, out of necessity. I got hurt a lot of that job. I get hurt a lot all the time, so that's not really the job's fault. But I also, one time, got stabbed in the fingers. That was a good sign that I probably shouldn't be there as a musician. <laughs> as much as they were the sweetest people in the world and actually super supportive of music, too. Shout out to Chef Ninas. I love you guys. But uh, Enos stabbed me once. Totally by accident. <laughs> we were, like, opening something up and the knife slipped. And I got it right between the fingers, like, right back into the hand. It was this hand. And I can still... like. Every once in a while, the scar of it is just, like, dead skin. So I'll be like, oh, hey, look at all this. I can just peel it off. And then it comes back. So I have this weird scar on my finger that you can't see because the camera will never focus on it. But it's always there. And it always looks fresh if I've just scratched it off. Always fresh. Always Scar Hortons. That was a bad joke. And more so just a shitty pun. And it will only work in Canada. But of my 50 weekly listeners, which we now have, there you go. If I make a show, 50 of you listen to it. That's actually not bad. I got a shout out to however many of you are not duplicates too. Maybe 50's 25, maybe 50's 10. Maybe 50's one guy who's just watching the shit out of this. Shout out to you, buddy. But that's the current stat. It's breaking the fourth wall. I don't think you're supposed to do that in the podcast world. But the podcast for me, like I've said every single time, is just going to be a way to promote my music. I'm always going to be talking about what I'm recording. And that's always going to be my own records. That's kind of the spoiler of my life, I think, so far. I love it. So that's, um, that's the main part. If you are into this kind of watching me blab, hopefully you've also picked up a copy of a record... Or if you don't want to buy one, that's totally fine. You can stream them all for free on all of the streaming services. We'll talk about my old record for a second. The uh, The first record I ever did was Escape. I, it was not finished <laughs> at all. I had a hard drive that blew up, so what you heard is what was left, essentially. So I called it Escape, and then in brackets, the high school demos, because they ended up being just the demos. And I really didn't want to redo it. Didn't think the songs were quite worth redoing, to be honest with you. But they're worth listening to if you feel like it. How's that for a fucking commercial? Ugh, stop swearing! The next record I did is far better. It just came out in January, so obviously I'm not that sick of it yet. Just kidding, I was working on it for like a decade. I'm incredibly sick of it. These are the worst ads ever. It's called Black Tie Affair. It's really strong, honestly. I do like it. I just spent too long working on it, and I went through a lot in terms of all that dental stuff we talked about earlier, car crashes and moving and life. And there's... Uh, oldest song on there is from, like, the year after high school. So it basically was a decade of time on that one. And the next, this next one is taking a year. Which is more so like three years because the oldest song on it is from 2016, I think. Maybe 2017. But still, this is the year I'm working on the record. And I already have plans for next year too, so how about that, guys? 
there's two records I could do next year, so I don't uh, don't want to spoil anything yet. One of them is super, super heavy. And I have some of the instruments I've been kind of acquiring in the background and whatnot, like that Explorer. That's for that project. It'll be awesome when I use it for that. I've recorded a bunch of songs for that, actually, but I just need to, you know, finish it up. But it's so heavy that I don't always feel like working on it. And by always, I mean I haven't opened it up in like a year and a half, two years now. I've showed some people some bits and pieces. Because like the first song is fully mixed. 100%. It's not mastered, but... It was a, a target to see if I could make the sound I was after, and I did, and I was like, okay, well... I have a record of material, so I guess it just all needs to come up to that snuff, you know? And I have not gotten around to screaming all that stuff, or all that stuff, and oh god. I probably won't do that one next year if you can't tell by my excitement about it. It's really good, but it's just a lot of work. And really dark. Which is cool, because that's the point of it, you know, hopefully by the end it's a little more triumphant. Maybe, if we get there with it, but the other record that I'm more likely going to work on next year will be a little more like the current one, so a little lighter. A lot of synths I've been acquiring, like this. That's just a Wurlitzer. But I also made some crazy, you know, bong, outer space, the universe is made of tons of shit kind of sense so we're acquiring gear that will make all kinds of bippity boppity noises and inevitably there's a record that probably sounds more like prince in there and i'm not against doing that so yeah that wasn't supposed to be talked about i wasn't supposed to spoil any of that but who cares there you go one more air show thing before i move on the first memories I have of the air show growing up, like I said, the, the Abbotsford air show is, like I said, like you should know, you, the Abbotsford air show has been going on forever, basically. So my entire life, there's been one every year, except for uh, 2020 during COVID. Wah, wah, wah. But, uh, oh no, sorry, no, that's not the right one. It's... That's what we meant to do. And it's awesome, man. I used to go with my dad and his girlfriend, and we went every year, and it was beautiful. And then I didn't go for a bunch of years, and then at the catering job, I was back there every year with, you know, the best seats in the house for the entire weekend. So that was always awesome. And then uh, in the years since, I haven't gone back, but just living in town, you get a pretty good show. And also growing up, my grandpa's birthday is next week, so we used to always have his birthday like a week early. And then he liked planes, so there was a massive air show that you could see from their patio. Why not have the family over for that day, you know? Echo with Whammy Bar, man, it just makes for cool stuff. What else have I been working on here? The studio has slowly evolved. I don't know if you can notice how many things happen in the background here. Last week, there was the Rupert Neve compressor already plugged in. 
you're still not listening to it. I still haven't used it. Uh, the WA-14 microphone that I plug into it is still at Chris's house from the strings. I only have one, obviously. So I'm going to bring that back this week once we're done. And then vocals aren't going to be started until, like, probably October is my plan. I have this month to finish up all the guitars, which we're on track for. And then in September, I want to do all the synths and just, like, all the strings are done while, you know, next week, hopefully. But I'll take the next month there to do all the synths and, like, digital bipsity bopsity boops Some of that is strings or any of the stuff that's digital. So MIDI, glockenspiels, MIDI instruments, essentially. We'll hop onto that huge layer. Hopefully that'll be all done in September. October will be all the singing. Woo. Who doesn't love singing? And then November, I'm going to try to mix it, have it all done by December when I will send it off for mastering, which puts it in my ears, hopefully, by the end of December. But, you know, the holidays are crazy, so maybe it's not done till mid-January. But either way, once I'm done mixing it and I hand it off to mastering, I can get started on all the promo-y video type things and artwork polish-ups and lyrics and maybe making CDs, and I can switch my focus over to that. So hopefully by the time it's mastered and sounding great, I have a plan <laughs> for those files, and then we can release it early next year, maybe February, maybe March. I don't know if I'm going to do singles ahead of time, just drop a whole album Taylor Swift style. You know, <laughs> I definitely don't have that, uh, that reach. And there are some singles on this album. You know, there's some good, strong songs. But I'm not a music video guy, really. Like, I even shot most of one for London Fog off of uh, Black Tie Affair, but I just haven't... I don't like editing music videos. I did it for work for a little bit. I made, like, weird parody ones that weren't that great. And doing them for, like, a real song, I'm just like, ugh. That means I gotta make it good, and I'm not that good at it. <laughs> so, I might release the Black Tie Affair music video in December or so just to get it off of my brain forever but it's a good video and I will definitely get somebody else to make videos for the new record Outlier if I do decide to make a video for any of the tunes what else is going on in the studio right now I got those synths in oh I do have I rebuilt the rack you can't see below but there's a massive four slot of empty space right now for a summing mixer my Claret Octopri has eight outputs on it. They're completely unused. I got it just for its inputs. But to have it hooked up, you have to have an ADAT cable in and an ADAT cable out for clocking. So it, it literally has eight outputs right now that are not being used. So a summing mixer allows me to grab all eight of those and throw them right in. That said, I'm using this summing mixer. I traded in my Warm Audio 2-channel mic pre to pay for the summing mixer and I'm going to use it to feed the warm audio bus compressor. So I still have that analog chain of a little bit of compression, a little bit of punch. And in the summing mixer, it has 500 series slots. This is getting real nerdy now for the recording guy out of the 50 people that listen to this. But in those 500 series slots, you don't have to run anything. You can bypass it all and just sum, which is the affordable way I will do it for the foreseeable future. But then down the line, I would like to get two channels at least of uh, probably a Neve tape emulator just for that mastering side of it again. 
I mean, eight channels would be amazing, but two will get the vibe started, and I can always just buy them in pairs until, uh, until I have eight. So there's my spending spent for the next two years. But man, analog sauce. I really should mix other people's music through the gear. That would be a way to help pay for itself, but I hate doing that. Not really. I, I've done it to decent success before. It's been fun. But I don't know, man. Those The phone's not ringing for that, so I don't even have to think about it. If you do have a song you'd like me to mix, let me know. I might be interested. I have some analog gear that makes things sound extra juicy and fun, so that's part of why you get somebody else to do it, in my opinion. Or uh, just buy the gear yourself. That's just really my opinion. But not everybody feels they're going to use that much stuff all that often. And uh, I do. So, there you go. There's your studio update for now. The other thing I've been thinking about purchasing, or probably, well, renting would be the dream, because I don't need it, that's for sure. But the reality is we don't have any guitars that really rent like this, so I might have to buy a cheap guitar for it. Is we have a uh, electric 12-string at work. It's just a Squire or like Jaguar thing, but it's really cool. It sounds great, plays great. And I've thought about grabbing an acoustic 12-string before. There was an Ovation I was looking at. And then obviously an electric 12-string is cool. But I think the coolest thing to do might be neither and just restring a guitar with the Nashville strings. So what that is, is the 12-string guitar is just doubles, you know, in octaves of the strings. So you throw out the regular ones and you're left with just the weirder strings of a 12-string pack, and you put those on a guitar, and everything is, you know, bigger if you layer it with a regular guitar. You can get, you know, a pseudo 12-string sound. And it's also just a really cool sound on its own. You'll play things that don't sound like anything else, you know? I was thinking about just stringing up my white strap for the pack, which is probably what I'll do for this record. And then if I like the effect, maybe we'll grab a cheap telly or something that I don't have that I never would really use that much, but will be cool for the collection. And then just have it with those weird strings on it for this once in a blue moon crazy effect but I'm not going to spend more than like $250 on a guitar that's for sure for that what else do we want to talk about the heat wave that has been insane which is why we're running two air conditioners in the place right now I've got it set pretty good now there was a lot of years where I didn't in this place where I had just no air conditioners I had one roommate once that mounted one on our patio and then shut the sliding door to the apartment so there was just the patio getting air conditioned and then he opened his little window to the patio, and that was his version of air conditioning, which was really stupid. And then uh, in that room now, I have an air conditioner that just goes out to the window, because that's how you run it. And in this room, we have an air conditioner, too. So the living room is a sauna sometimes, because it's literally, yeah, 35 in the middle of the day and cooling down to 22 at night next week, I think is the warning. Like, this is heat wave. My phone keeps buzzing in the morning saying things are bad, which is so 
not fun. But thanks, Apple, for that dose of anxiety. I like it when it says good morning. That's a fun one. I think it still gives you that riz first. Like, it hits you with the good morning, and then you're like, what are my notifications? Oh, video games, video games, whatever it is. Memes. Don't breathe. And you're like, okay. Noted. But I'll still hit my standing goal. What a sheep I've become. That's not a complaint with those things. They're usually very helpful as I wear my watch and check the time to make sure we're rocking through the podcast on schedule. I'm blowing through the topics a little faster than normal, but that's actually normal. So I guess I'm right on schedule to have to blab for the ending. But hey, blabbing is a podcast. The next thing I have to talk about is the guitar I was going to play for this episode, but I'm not right now. That is a 1958 spec Les Paul. So a brand new, well, two or three years old, Murphy Lab Bourbon Burst 58 that I have tucked away at work to not sell to anybody because I'm definitely buying it. But it is crazy expensive and I can't afford it. So it will be many, many episodes until that actually does make an appearance. I thought about renting it for the album, but you can't really rent stuff that you already are decided on purchasing the way I'm doing it. Like I'm, I'm taking advantage of zero uh, percent financing by just putting it on layaway essentially and chipping away at it, and that means I just can't bring it home because I haven't paid for it yet. So I can't rent it while it's on layaway. You know, it's a fair rule that I've kind of made for myself. I don't want to take advantage of work too much. I will be borrowing another couple guitar pedals to finish up making reviews. As soon as we get another one of those Ruby, no, not the Ruby, the Universal Audio Dream one, I think is the only one I haven't done yet for their amp simulation pedals. And those videos are really fun to make. They're pretty easy. And they're the only ones I make that get put in like YouTube suggestions because people actually look for pedal reviews. So. As much as I'm not the world's biggest guitar pedal guy. Those ones are just amp simulators, so it's very easy. You just plug your guitar into them, that into an inter interface, and go. That's what it sounds like. Do you like it? And stretch it into five to six minutes of tweaking knobs and seeing what the other sounds are and the things and whatnot. And I was pleasantly surprised. Let's, well, I don't want to say that because I thought they'd be good. But I was blown away by the Ruby. Let's put it that way. The 55 uh, tweed one sounded like a tweed. And I'm not the biggest user of that sound. So it was like, yep, there it is. But the Ruby was really nice. And then it had a distortion channel on it that was awesome. The brilliant switch or whatever, whatever that chunkier channel was had bite and thickness and great pick attack and was awesome with single coils and humbuckers and you name it, just 10 out of 10 would recommend. So I'm definitely excited to do the last one, but like I said, we sold it. So kind of got to wait that out. You may have noticed that even though I'm playing an Eddie Van Halen guitar, there's a Frankie painted thing in the background. If you were one of those 50 people that watches this on YouTube and not on Apple Podcasts, where you can also find Rich Apple Podcasts, by the way, shameless plug. That thing back there I painted back in 2014. 
I think I was in a band and that thing came into a store used for super cheap. I think I bought that guitar for like 200 bucks. It was black. It wasn't painted like Frankenstrat. And it was my backup guitar for my band. So I had a Les Paul that was the main thing. And then if anything went down, there we were. So inevitably, one time you pull out the backup guitar, it breaks too. The saddle and the Floyd Rose of it just gave out. And then it was a reproduction Floyd, so I couldn't get a saddle for it. So I just bought a new Floyd. And then because it wasn't a real Floyd, it wasn't the same bridge spacing and everything. So the post had to be replaced, which would have been like refilling and redrilling. And that's just not something I have any clue how to do. So that guitar ended up just getting painted because I got that far into the process. And then it sits like that in that state forever since then. I still have that Floyd Rose. I put it on that old Charvel I was talking about for a little while. But it's a different radius than the one that was on that Charvel, so the stock bridge still made that a nicer guitar. And when I'm thinking about selling it, I keep putting it back to stock to, you know, consider. And then I don't, because I love that guitar so much. And that's all there really is to say about that one. Last up on the list here, what do we got? Is the plan for the future of the podcast? Which is to make the episodes an hour long, so we're at 50 minutes so far, so don't stress. You have 10 more minutes to finish waking up or whatever you do while you listen to podcasts. That's what I do. But next week will be the same as this. It will be another week of me blabbing and talking about guitars. I'll update you on probably finishing all the strings, hopefully having some more guitars done, or at least all the guitars will be tuned to open C. So next week will be an open C. I'll tell you that much right now. And then I have one, two, three, four songs to do on open C guitar. So we'll see how many of those get done this week because there's also three songs to do on strings on my actual day off, so it'll all be just after work if I feel like playing guitar and tracking that stuff. After that, there are a couple little background guitar things that I might play on the whammy bar guitar or whatever, but I do have, like I said, September for the synths and the MIDI stuff, and I will bust, usually, inevitably, I bust out a guitar when I'm doing that to do layers of it or whatever, so there's some extra little guitar stuff inevitably that will go on this stuff still. But all the rhythm guitars, all the main guitars, all the guitars that have to be there for the song to sound good, those are tracked for five of the songs. Oh, no, six. One, two, three, four, five. I don't know, tons. All the standard songs. That's how many are done, yo. Today I finished up bass and guitar. No, sorry, last night was bass with the Beatle bass, and today I did the guitar. Most of the guitars for that last song were done already. Like, I had a... Uh, 1968 Mustang I owned for a little while. It's actually one of the first episodes of the podcast is that guitar. And I had recorded tons with that, so I kept that because all the parts were good, and it sounds cool. So I don't have that guitar anymore, but it's still on the album. I think it's actually on a solo for a couple songs, too. It's sprinkled all over the place, that guitar. And then I had already recorded my Evertune Strat with it, too. So all I actually had to record today was humbucker stuff with the Stormbender, and then a few more layers that I inevitably felt like putting on there with some clean guitars and some crunchy stuff. And then I spent all day uh, tracking, the not tracking, but MIDI writing all the string parts for this Thursday's actual string event. So, like I said, hopefully I can get some guitars done after work this week to keep the record chunking on through. My goal was to have all of the guitars done by like the 23rd or whatever it is, uh, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday, my old roommate Piper is coming back for like just a week before they go off to university. So there'll be somebody sleeping behind the camera there again, just for a couple of days. 
And I think maybe we'll do a podcast together just because why not? You know, that's somebody else that's lived in this studio. So far, the only things that uh, all the podcast episodes have in common are me blabbing and being in this room. So if anybody else has earned a feature episode, it's somebody that's lived in here for, you know, two or three months or whatever that was. And then I guess Kevin. Kevin always makes appearances. But I don't know how I'll set up the cameras. I don't know how I'll do the microphones for that one. That's not a promise. Next week's normal. The week after that might be the Piper episode. Might be me telling you about how Piper was here. We'll see. It'll all depend on tripods and microphones and how much effort I really feel like putting in. And with that, let's cut this week into not a full hour. I'll give you a little outro jam. Why not? This might, this might be a minute or two. just want to play shreddy guitar on an eddie van halen painted thing man there's no other option and with that i thank you for watching episode five of the now weekly let's make that claim we're on track rick chapel podcast this has been a fun one i stayed on schedule on track for the most part we're only a minute or two short from the full hour next week maybe it'll be a full hour how's that for a goal we'll see how much life happens and how much i have to talk about Thank you for watching. Check out www.rickchapel.com for updates on everything cool I do in terms of records and Kevin and clinics, actually. I've even done a little section on that. But that's enough labbing for me this week. Thank you, and I will see you next week.